Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. Verse 7 to 11. 7 to 11. I'll tell you, we've had seasons where in my preaching, I just, I wanted to teach you. I wanted to teach the Word of God. We've gone through Galatians. We've gone through 1 Corinthians. And there are times where we need to learn. And then there are times where we need to be provoked to faith to live out what we've learned. Amen. And I'll just tell you this morning, I believe that this is one of those mornings that we just need to have an expectation for God to encourage us with something and then believe for Him to do it in our hearts. Amen. Because you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can teach Bible college classes and seminars. You can be a philosopher and a brilliant thinker, but if you've got no life in you, what do you have? If there isn't life in you, if there isn't a transforming power that's a witness to that world, then what is the point of it? Can we get the lyrics to that last song? You still have them pulled up? Do you have them? Can we get them pulled up, that that verse for that last song? He says... Listen up for the seasons changing. He's rebuilding everything. Listen for the people shouting. This is the Jubilee. What about that first verse? Where is that verse at? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed to bring hope. The promise fulfilled in a moment. We're still watching it unfold. Can I tell you this morning when he started singing that song, my heart was ready to cut cartwheels. I tell you, just this idea that I'm not saved so that I can only be saved and sit in a church pew and wait until I die. But there is an anointing. That's on my life. There's a purpose on my life. There's a power on my life to see something done. And we've got a call and a demand from God to go out into this world and to be witnesses under the power of God. Amen. Can I tell I don't care if you've been called to preacher, be a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or nothing. If the life of Christ is in you, then that life is to be a testimony. That life is to be a witness. Jesus could not help himself everywhere he went he went with the compassion and mercy of God he didn't do that just because he was the Messiah he didn't just do it because he was the son of God he did it because there was life in him and the life was the light of men oh glory to God the life was the light of men and I'll tell you this morning if you're saved if you're born again if you're trusting Jesus the life of Christ ought to be in your life. Amen? The life of Christ. And can I tell you this morning, it won't come through anything but understanding the grace of God. Understanding the grace of God for you. That there is religion and there are rules and there are things that you should follow and do and be obeying and all of these things. But then there is the power of grace to make that real. 
in your life. There is the power of grace to transform your life. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our hearts this morning. First, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. It says this, but we have this treasure. Can you say, we have? Say, we have. Amen. Come on this morning. Are you awake this morning? Say, we have this treasure. This treasure. This treasure is on the inside of us. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay or earthen vessels. Why? To show that their surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus. Many Christians don't know they've got a treasure in them. They don't know there's a life in them. They don't know there's a light in them. And they don't know how to tap into that life of Christ. To walk in faith. To experience that life and that treasure that's on the inside of them. And they walk around and all they see is death is at work in me. Death is at work in my marriage. Death is at work in my family. Death is at work in my confidence. Death is at work in my witness. They just see death. But he says, God is at work to redeem death. Amen. This is the promise of Jesus in you. Is that whatever you face in a fallen world, the sovereign God chooses to use it in a redeeming way that brings life, that brings redemption, that brings blessing. There is nothing that can enter into your life that God cannot redeem and turn into a testimony. There's a book by uh, Brother in uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle, what's his name? Jim Simla wrote a book, Spirit Rising. And in that book, he had testimonies. People would share testimonies of Jesus Christ in their life. And this woman from Cambodia who was abused as a small girl, this woman that was beaten and abused, died several times, tried to uh, walk through minefields to try and escape the terror and the war that was going on in her life. Then she got to America, abused again, beaten again. She was so cold, so hard. She was stabbed several times, tried to kill people, tried to take her own life. And then one day found the Lord Jesus Christ was born again. And she said, these scars that I used to look at that I couldn't stand to look at because it reminded me of my pain. She said, now every time I see him, I'm reminded how Jesus healed my life. Every time I see him, it's a reminder of the grace of God, of the transforming power of Christ. Because God can take anything and redeem it by the power of his grace. And he says, yes, yes, death is at work in us. We are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live 
are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal bodies. Can we pray this morning for this treasure in earthen vessels? This treasure in earthen vessels. God Almighty, we ask you that you would minister to our hearts and our faith this morning. Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would quicken our hearts to understand the Word of God, to be challenged and provoked and stirred and encouraged. God Almighty, come and have your way in our life. Come and do what only you can do. God Almighty, come and conquer death and bring life. Lord, even if it's for the one that's sitting there that says, God, I don't know if I can keep holding on. I don't know if I can keep having faith. I don't know if I can trust you. God Almighty, this morning, let life supersede that death. Let it supplant that death. Let it replace that death. Bring life in the power of your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. When he says this, what he's talking about is we have this valuable, beautiful, rare thing that is inside of us, but it's hidden inside of a strange thing. What is it hidden inside of? Jars of clay. It it almost doesn't fit, right? Can you imagine with me this large stash of jewels and gold and silver and precious metals and this incredibly valuable thing? And you would say it belongs in a safe somewhere. It belongs in a jewelry box. It belongs somewhere that it can be protected. And it deserves to sit in a place that is a fitting place for this beautiful, precious treasure. And he says, there's no, there's no jar, there's no container that is worthy of this treasure. And so if God's going to give this treasure, he's got to give this treasure in jars of clay. Amen. He's got to put this beautiful, heavenly, significant, valuable thing into something that appears to have no value. And when you look at it from the outside, you don't see anything precious, anything beautiful, anything worthwhile. But then it begins to describe suffering and pain and struggle. Listen to what it says. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed. In other words, we're confused. We don't know how to deal with the circumstances of life. But we are not driven to despair. Just because we don't know what to do doesn't mean we're given up and we have no idea how to move forward. We are persecuted. We feel hurt and wounded and we have enemies. But we are not forsaken. We're not alone because God is with us. We are struck down and wounded and afflicted. But we are not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death. Of Jesus. And the point is that God has this treasure that He wants men to see, and He's deposited it within you. But you look like every other jar, every other dirty clay pot. How are we going to see the treasure? Maybe if the treasure, maybe if the clay in the pot is attacked and pierced and cracked and wounded people can begin to peer into the jar of clay and see the treasure that is hidden on the inside. And you say, I feel chipped and I feel wounded 
and I feel cracked and I feel like life is beating me and destroying me and I'm afraid at any moment I might be crushed into a thousand little pieces. And Lord, if you let one more gouge and you let one more hole and you let one more crack and one more bruise, I feel like I'm going to fall to pieces. But Paul has lived this life of Christ. He has suffered. He has experienced incredible tragedy. And he has noticed that as he kept his eyes on Jesus and he went through the horrors of living in a fallen world and a world that it was at war with God, as he did it, more and more people saw the life of Christ in his life. And he said, I feel like just some ugly, broken, dirty, old clay pot But the more I go through in this life, the more people can see through me and see the glory of God in my life. There is a treasure that's on the inside, but it takes suffering to be able to get to it. You remember Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and with joy went and sold all that he had so that he could buy that field and get that treasure. And the point is, everybody passed that field every day. Thousands of people saw the field, and all they saw was dirt. All they saw was something invaluable. All they saw is something that said, it's not worth my sacrifice. I have other priorities. I need to spend my money on food. I need to spend my money on a house. I need to spend my money on a new wagon. I need to spend my money on a new animal. Whatever it was in that day that they're thinking, these things are more valuable than that field. And little did they know that hidden in that field was something valuable. But somebody went into that field and began to dig and remove the dirt and remove the dirt. And all of a sudden they discovered there is something incredibly valuable in this life. But first, to find that out, somebody had to break ground. Can I tell you, people might pass you every day and say, I see nothing in you. There's nothing glorious about you. You're just another old clay pot, just like the rest of us. And life begins to beat you up and struggle begins to come. But you keep your eyes on Jesus and you trust the grace of God and you call upon the name of the Lord and you behold Jesus, right? You behold Jesus. That's the context. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory to glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of our God. All I'm doing is seeing Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is making me like the one that I'm beholding. The Holy Ghost is making me like the one that I see. I said, I see that he's lovely. He's making me lovely. I see that he's forgiving. He's making me forgiving. I see that he's patient. He's making me patient. I see that he's wise and he's making me wise. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And it says we are changed from glory to glory to glory. More and more treasure revealed. And that sounds really beautiful, doesn't it? That's one way of describing it. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus and I'm becoming more glorious. But how are people going to see the glory? You look to Jesus and you're changed. You suffer And the glory comes out. You look to Jesus and you become glorious. And you suffer and the glory comes out. Because any fallen man can try to be happy as long as everything's going just right. Any fallen man can try to be happy in a marriage that's perfect. Come on, somebody. 
We'll just play games this morning. We'll just pretend. We all got it together. You don't need any of this, do you? Don't you got it all together? You know it all from Scripture. You got it all. You got all the glory that you need. Well, can you look at your life and you say, Lord, there's not enough glory there. And he says, but the more we see Jesus and the more we're chipped away, the more the glory shines through. Do you remember what was the first miracle of Jesus? He goes to Cana of Galilee for a wedding. And all of a sudden his mother comes and says, son, they've run out of wine. You know what he does? He says, bring me these clay pots. And these were pots used for water purification. You know what this means? These were the first things that people got when they came in off the road, walking barefooted in sandals, miles and miles to get there. And I'll tell you, they didn't have good sewer systems and they didn't have uh, gas cars where the thing that was left behind was some gas fumes. When they rode something by, they were riding animals by. So they're walking in a road that's muddy and the sewage runs right down the middle of the street and they got uh, cows and donkeys and horses, all kind of stuff walking in that road. And they show up there with those dirty, nasty, rotten feet. And the first thing they do is they get inside and somebody brings these large clay pots filled with water. And they begin to pour them on the people's hands and the people's feet so that they can wash their hands. This is the five-gallon bucket of their day. That's what that was. This is that nasty thing that you keep outside. Don't bring that thing in the house. You just use it outside and you pour it on the people's feet and then they can come in. And Jesus said, bring me those dirty old things that nobody sees anything special about. Pour water into them. And then Jesus prayed and blessed it. And they said, now take it out. Don't taste it. Don't try it. Don't make sure that it works. Take it to the master of the feast. But this is a nasty, disgusting old clay pot that you just filled with dirty water. And we're going to give this to the wedding guests. He says, take it and give it to the master of the feast. And he tastes it. And he says, this is the best wine that I've ever tasted. Usually people use the best wine at the first. And then after they've drunk and they've, they've uh, had it over and over and over again, that's when you give them the flat stuff, right? You can do that at a restaurant. They can give you Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper. But after you've had you know, enough of it, they can give you the old flat stuff out of the back. You can just use that old Mr. Pibb. It don't matter, right? And so they give them the cheap stuff, and he says, but you've used the best at the last. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus is coming to your dirty, old, broken life. There's nothing more than a clay pot. And he says, I want to put a treasure on the inside of you. I want to deposit something in you. I want to put something in you that you will show the glory of God. And what happens when we suffer, when we struggle by the power of God? Amen. What happens? He says, For we who live are always bearing, being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Can I tell you, if you're bitter about your suffering, you think your life is about you. Amen. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not here to play games and pamper your flesh. He says we're given over to death for Jesus' sake. That Jesus has the right to say, I'm sovereign over your life, and I'm going to allow you to struggle. I'm going to allow difficulty to happen to your life. I'm your father, and I want good for you. That, But that doesn't mean that I shield you from every bad thing that happens in a fallen world. You might not be fallen anymore. You're saved, but there's still a difficult life to live in front of you. Amen? 
man, Jesus took up his cross willingly and carried it by faith. Can you not do the same thing? Has Jesus said, take up your comfortable, easy life and follow me? Or did Jesus say, if you want to follow me, there's a cross in this thing for you. And he says, for the sake of Jesus, we are given over to death. We are given over to sorrow. We are given over to brokenness. We are given over to struggle. But why? Is it because Jesus is a sadist that doesn't like you and wants to see you suffer? Or is the grace of God so mighty that he can use a fallen thing to reveal glory? He says, we are given over to death so that the life of Christ also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Come on this morning. Can you praise Jesus this morning? Can you say, Jesus, I want this treasure in earthen vessels to be shown forth for the glory of God. Make it manifest this morning. Reveal it in me. Show it in me. Make it real in me. Come on this morning. Testify. Say, we have, we have, we have this treasure, this treasure. This treasure in earthen vessels. Why? So that the life of Christ might be manifested. Give God some praise this morning. Brother Renee, can you come? I adjure you this morning by the presence of God. I believe there's a witness of the Holy Ghost this morning. He's all over my heart. I pray that he's all over yours. I'm believing Jesus this morning. I want the life of Christ in me. I want the power of Christ in me. I remember a more naive time of my life when I was just more simply in love with Jesus and I hadn't become so complicated and complex and I was so detached from the things of the world that I could more easily say, Jesus, whatever it takes... I want to be closer to you. Whatever it takes, get glory out of my life. But I can tell you, I'm in a place in life where the Lord has given me enough blessings that it's a little more costly to say so. I'm a little more trepidatious about saying so. But he has not lost any of his worthiness. Still, the cry of my heart in the altar must be, Lord Jesus, whatever it takes. Let me be closer to you. Whatever it takes, get glory out of my life. Whatever it takes, use me how you want to use me. I want to say with Paul, my life is being poured out on the altar as a drink offering. Can I tell you this morning, that is a costly thing to say. will lead to death. This is what I'm here to tell you this morning. On the other side of death with Jesus, there is resurrection. On the other side of death with Jesus, there is glory. On the other side of death with Jesus is blessing. But we got to be willing to walk through. We got to be willing to trust him. We have to be willing to say, whatever it takes, Lord, I want the life of Christ, that real life of Christ. And we will find that these carnal, fleshly things that we held on to, that prevented us from that death, that all those things were done. That it was all nothing in comparison to the surpassing glory of Christ. Can I tell you this morning, this is what God's after. This is what God's after is a witness for himself.
Why? He said, these things are happening, that the surpassing power belongs to Jesus and not us. God's looking for a witness. And I tell you this morning, there's somebody that's looking at your life and they're saying things are blessed because they had an unfair advantage. Somehow those two people were perfect for each other in marriage and that's why their marriage is good. Somehow they had an advantage financially and that's why they're blessed in their finances. Somehow they had a happier childhood and that's why they have joy. Somehow things were easier for you that's why things are good in your life and if Jesus can take you and baptize you into grief and sorrow if Jesus can baptize you into death and they can see they're suffering in a way I've never suffered but man how they've been raised the witness is that God can do it in me that the sufficiency wasn't in them. It wasn't that they were such a great Christian. I look at them and all I saw, you know what I found out? They're just jars of clay. They're just dirty old broken pots. It wasn't them, it was God. And when they were broken, I saw through the pot and I saw the glory of Christ. This morning, that's my heart. That's the heart of the Lord to you this morning is that you would say, Lord, I want to see you above every other thing your life manifested in my life. Can you stand with me this morning? If you can. One way or another, we need to make an altar. Whether that's you come in these chairs, if you can't kneel, that's fine. God can meet you just where you are. But if you come to these altars, we want to pray with you, believe God with you, that the life of Christ might be manifest in your life. This morning, can you take a step of faith and seek the face of God? And ask that Jesus would minister to you. Ask that he would stir your heart. Ask that he would reveal himself to you. That you would see Jesus beholding his face. We are changed into the same image. Can you come down this morning and seek the Lord? Can you come and pray and worship and seek his face and say, God, just show me your glory. Show me your power. Let me see the grace of God. Let me see that it is the life of the grace of God. It's grace alone. You can't do this on your own. You can't make yourself holy. You can't make yourself glorious. But Jesus can do it in you. Jesus can administer his life to your death. God Almighty, we ask you to come. God Almighty, I ask you to minister faith to the hearer this morning. God Almighty, that you would cast our eyes upon Jesus. Lord, that you would minister to us by the Holy Ghost. Lord, you said that the the new covenant that we have is the ministry of the Spirit. Lord, that that old covenant was the ministry of death. It was the law of the it was the law of the letter that kills but you said it is the life of the spirit that comes to give life. God almighty come and have your way in your people. Come and give life to your people. Come and transform your people. God show that these old broken dirty clay pots can bring forth and show forth the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Have your way this morning Lord. Call on the name of the Lord saints. Call on the name of Jesus.